How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Well, here we go. Heading into a long weekend. And I know the hot topic is BC Ferries. Savon Palmer from the Vancouver Sun with us now. Savon, I was just on the BC Ferries website. Oh yeah. So I thought I would check How's what current. How's doing? <laughs> I thought I would check to see how current conditions are for that all important to us in the Swartz Bay route. And I got to tell you, it's not looking good today if you're planning to travel and you, and you don't have a reservation. No, the ferry CEO says <laughs> almost says don't show up if you don't have a reservation. I eighty percent of travel on the two main routes now are people who've made reservations. So Ferry sympathizes with people who discover they need to travel at the last minute, and they insist, Simi, that they have precautions in place to prevent people from gaming the system by making multiple reservations and then canceling. But um, this is a service that's still in the dark about many important things, and one of them is knowing whether if you make a reservation, you'll actually show up and take the ferry. Okay. Well, let's start with this press conference. They had this yesterday. This is two weeks after this whole situation yeah. started, this crisis started. We finally heard from everybody at BC Ferries. Yeah, it's quite a show, actually. Uh, we got uh, invited to the atrium, which is the lavish downtown Victoria headquarters for BC Ferries, and uh, take the transparent elevator up to the sixth floor and you get taken into a meeting room. Uh, television cameras are there. Uh, the CEO, Nicholas Jimenez, files in, but he's accompanied by well, a couple of vice presidents and others. And then after that's over, they take us uh, to a tour of the war room, which is what we called it anyway, being cynical journalists. It's the operations and security room. It's a room full of staffers and great big screen TVs and live on-time on monitoring and crisis centers and everything where they actually deal with some of the crises that have been happening over the last couple of weeks. So it was very informative and welcome. But, Simi, it's also, you know, as I said, two weeks since the crisis began. So it's not exactly as if this was a rush job. Exactly. Not exactly a rush job. So then what what did they admit to? Like, what did they say? Well, you know, they did admit to some stuff. Uh, I was struck by one of the things that Jimenez said, which is a big surprise. Uh, he admits that their communications have not exactly been optimum. And he even referred to the assembled news media as important partners in informing the public. Now, you wouldn't have known that over the last couple of weeks when you were struggling to yeah. find anybody at BC Ferries to explain anything. Uh, the second thing was, and we just referred to it, you know, the the technology just hasn't kept up. Uh, ferries have spent a lot of money on high tech, but it's still not keeping up. And the data assembly wasn't keeping up. This is an interesting thing. He told us how many hamburgers they served on BC Day weekend last year, 25,000. He told us how many cones of ice cream they served, 7,000. But he admitted that BC Ferries does not have historic data assembled 
and analyzed so that they know if they get X number of reservations, what percentage of those reservations are actually going to show up. Okay. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Data management is, is, shall we say, all over the map and hit and miss. Okay. So they're obsessed with, like, they can tell me how many burgers and how much food people are eating, but they can't tell me who shows up for reservation. I don't understand how they think that's okay. Well, clearly they don't. And, you know, that was the other theme of the day. I mean, Jimenez didn't argue with any of the questions. Even even when I referred to what happened last week as a fiasco, uh, he kind of accepted it and went on and he, he got all sorts of questions from everybody about where things are headed and all that. And, and he was full of reassurances. I mean, look, it's clear, Simi, from what he said that in the short term, meaning this weekend, and weekend traffic actually starts today, uh, BC Ferries is going all in. They've got every ship in service. They have standby crews of officers and engineers in case somebody phones in sick at the last minute. They've got a virtual online waiting room. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work, but it's intended to provide reassurances to people who are waiting uh, that their concerns are being addressed and looked after. They've got extra communication staff, extra customer service staff. So it's all in full press, all hands on deck this weekend. And look, Uh, This is kind of a last chance, he admits. Uh, You're going to have to assure public they can depend on the ferry service. Uh, I think we're all skeptics, but, you know, uh, I guess what? You get to do this once, right? You get to hold the press conference, say we've learned our lessons from the past weekends where it didn't work, and this time is going to be different. So uh, I plan to be here Monday morning. I expect you do too, and Tuesday, and we'll be able to tell people how it's going. Yes, we will. In fact, I've already marked that on my calendar. I'm talking with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning about BC Ferries' big press conference that they had yesterday. So, Vaughn, we heard about all the things they know they're doing wrong. The question is, what are they going to do to fix these things? Well, we the short-term stuff is all for this weekend, and, you know, they're going to try to improve everything and make sure all the ships are there and there's backup crews and all that. And, hey, they're even going to try to seduce the traveling public with face painting and misting stations and live performances in the ferry terminal. Uh, so, okay, you know, we'll see how they do. The other part of the press conference yesterday was interesting, though, is Jimenez, the CEO, did talk about longer-term fixes for the ferry service. So he is under no illusions that he's taken over a crown corporation, well, a sort of crown corporation, government-owned, but managed supposedly at arm's length. Uh, yesterday was sort of his sixth, sixth beginning of the, his sixth month on the job. And he says, this is a troubled service and we need some long-term fixes. And I'll give him this. He did talk openly about what some of those are. So 
For example, this one's interesting. I don't know if the listener has ever had the experience of walking on the ferry in Tawasson to go to Vancouver Island, but uh, if you do try it sometime, uh, you will find that the parking lots out by the ferries are full, so yes. you, have to park, you have to park back where the water slides are in Tawasson. Hope the shuttle is working. When you get to the terminal and buy your walk-on ticket, you're then looking at a walk that, uh, if you're an old guy like me, it's going to feel like you're walking to Vancouver Island. Uh, and then you get to the waiting room, which is <laughs> roughly the size of a toilet cubicle is what it feels like, right? So yeah. he says they're going to address all that. They're going to look at ways to make the ferries more friendly for walk-ons. Uh, that's going to be onerous because the ferry service is clearly designed for cars. So maybe passenger services. I, I mean, I think the service needs a rethink. So let's yeah. go and let's see where that goes. Uh, recruitment of crew. So it's interesting on that too. He he said, look, they they are having trouble persuading uh, younger people, entry level people, that the ferries are a good job. Now, pays an issue, but you know, he said, you go out and look for a job and try to find a defined pe benefit pension plan as good as the one at ferries. The pay and benefits are good when you compare to a lot of private sector jobs, but. He had to admit that if you're talking to an 18-year-old, hey, we've got a good pension plan, well, exactly. isn't necessary. My dad tried to tell me that back in the day, and I didn't yeah. listen. So Yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, but okay. Again, they're looking at that, and they're in negotiations with the ferry workers, so they're talking about increasing the entry-level pay too. Uh, the fleet. So they've got some really old vessels built in the 1960s still, and vessels that need to be replaced. And he says, this is interesting, they've got a $5 billion capital replacement plan. So it includes some money for website and for better entry onto the ferries and making it easier for you to ticket and get on board. They're also talking about building a new fleet. $5 billion. That plan is in front of the independent ferry commissioner at the moment, but there'll be a business plan. So I asked him, are you going to let shipyards from all over the world bid to build these ships? Because that's what used to happen under the BC Liberals, and that's what the New Democrats used to criticize. And very interesting, he says, yes, we'll be taking bids from all over the world. So there's lots of places in the world that can build ships more cheaply than we do here in British Columbia. That's the reason the Liberals went that way. And it's interesting, Jimenez is saying that's the way it's going to be under the NDP, never mind what the NDP said in opposition. I guess there, there's no choice, right? If there's no place yeah. in BC that can handle the capacity, what do you do? <clears throat> well, yes. And, you know, that's a good point because one of the things we got yesterday in the briefing is that uh, British Columbia doesn't really have the capacity to build a fleet of ferries anymore. In fact, they told us, we got a good briefing on why there's been so much trouble with the coastal celebration. So BC Ferries books time for servicing at the dry dock in Victoria and Esquimalt, federal government owned. Federal government doesn't do the work. You have to persuade a private uh, operator to actually do the work. So they booked the coastal celebration into that dry dock 
back in May. It was going to get serviced. None of the two companies in Victoria that service ferries took the bid. So they had to move the ship over to the shipyard in North Vancouver, and it was backed up. And that's why the Coastal Celebration wasn't in service over Canada Day. It comes out. There's a breakdown and problems. Another week-long delay before they get it back in to get serviced. So I think against that backdrop, Simi, you're right, that that's why uh, BC Ferries CEO Nicholas Jimenez is not looking to local BC shipyards to bail the ferry service out for the new vessels they need to build. Uh, They will be able to bid, but so will international companies. And what we've seen in the past is uh, BC yards can't compete with the kind of uh, productivity and cost structure that foreign shipyards have. Hmm. Did they? Did you get the impression, though, Vaughn, that they understand that what, what we're seeing right now for BC ferries is a crisis of confidence? Like people don't yes. really have faith in the system. You're you're quite right, and that was sort of his exit line to reporters. So we recognize that before we get to the long term stuff, we have to deal with the short term crisis of confidence. He didn't quite use that word, but I think that's what came through. That he recognizes, I I guess what I would say is he recognizes this is kind of a last chance. Uh, They've recognized all the problems. They've acknowledged them. They've admitted. They've confessed their sins to the news media and even described us as partners in informing the public. And I came away thinking, okay, well, you know, this is a starting point. Uh, for either a new relationship in terms of candor and fairness and out, out transparency, or we're going to be saying he tried and it didn't work. And I think the, the first test will be how things go this weekend. And we will be talking about it. So thanks for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.